Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Subway, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And I am joined live today by serial entrepreneur Terry Motionberg with a long O. With a long O. Uh, founder of the League of Rock, and the League of Rock primarily, um, I want to say it provides musicians the opportunity to play and find and play with other musicians. But I, I mean, it's so much more than that. Well, it's like a pickup league for hockey. Yes. Only we don't slug pucks. <laughs> so it's for adults who are stuck in the basement yeah. and have no one to play with. Right. Which is fantastic because right. there's so, so many of us. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, there's a lot of adults that are, you know, whatever, whether you're, you know, above, above 18 or 19, you know, kids, kids do join. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you hit 30 or 40, you know, it's tough. You've thrown your creativity under the, under the couch along with that Les Paul. Yeah. You put all your, you know, your money into your kids' programs or, or your career or whatever. Yep. You wake up and you go, what the hell happened to me? Yeah. And so, you know, for musicians, for those that can play or sing, we've got this, you know, recreational league where we hire all of the uh, the best touring pros as coaches. Yeah. Wednesdays in a row. Yeah. By week 10, you're ready to record where Rush did 12 records and Pack the joint at the Cadillac Lounge. Yeah, awesome. I saw the one you did at uh, ninety four nine with ninety four nine yeah. at uh, the Hard Rock Cafe in Toronto. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's cool, and you can tell. I mean, that what I saw was the the end product, right? So yeah. their showcase. Yeah. And guys were so happy to be I playing. Know. You know, their families were there, their buddies were there. It was the, cool. The, uh, there's a, there's a certain release that happens with folks like us. Yeah. Because pro musicians do this day in day out yeah we're starved yeah so when we finally get to week 10 it's like let me loose you know it's 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 yeah. an amazing 10-week journey oh absolutely yeah. yeah the league of rock very cool 11 years and over three thousand people oh really three thousand yeah. people i eh? have come through wow yeah amazing and 50 percent rejoin Oh really? And do it again with yeah. a di- with a different group of people. It, it's it re it revitalizes it renews itself every session. We do it four times a year, right? Yeah. So the the returning guys, people love, you know, the new folks, and the new folks love the the returning folks because sure. they get you up the curve quick, right? Yeah, exactly. It makes it fresh. Yeah. It reinvents itself every time. Yeah, I could yeah. see you know going through again, definitely. Yeah. You know, wanting to do the whole thing over again. It, well, once you're done, you go. I, what do I do now, right? I mean, yeah. you start to Jones for it pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's a major drop-off, right? Yeah. Like, once you're done, it's a major drop-off. Yeah. Your Wednesdays are... Do you ever have uh, guys who, you know, say if, if if they form a band, they stay with each other and then they, they try and get gigs or... You know, you know it happens from yeah. time to time. You know, when you're, again, when you're 55 years old... It's tough. It's tough to do, and, and yeah. there's really no money in, 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 in rock and roll any longer. No, God, no. So... You know, sometimes they'll join, people will join, they will stick together for a little while, break up, come back, do it again. Yeah. You know, mostly, you know, they do 10 weeks, it's it's enough for them, we blow up the bands when they're done, Yeah. fire up the machine again and, 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 and start it up, right? That's really cool. So, it's always, it's nice to know that they can always dip their toes in yes. whenever they want to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've got your list. We talked on the phone, and I, I, one thing uh, I really keyed into that you said when we were talking on the phone, and uh, actually I just remembered, did you ever get your book? You ever you left your book behind. Remember that? I didn't. You didn't get it back? I did not. Oh, I lost no. it. Uh, and, and there's a new project that I'm working on right now yeah. in the cannabis business, Yeah. cannabis industry, Yeah. and there were notes in it. 
Oh, really? Yeah. And you think that you're in Vancouver. You had left a, You thought you left it in the rental car, I think, right? I did not. Ugh. Not in the car. And, and, and I literally picked off the three spots I was. It was like I was in a hotel restaurant. Yeah. And then I was in the bathroom, and then yep. I walked to the, the terminal. Right. And no one along the way could find it. Oh, no. Someone found it and said, wow, looked at some notes. Yeah. It certainly won't empower them to get into the business, <laughs> but it certainly was important to me. So uh-uh. it's, a, it's a drag. That's too bad. Yeah. So the thing that you said to me while we were talking on the phone was that I would be happy to celebrate rock and roll with you. And I thought that was a very prescient step. I just thought that was really cool because that's really what this is about. Yeah. You know, I think I've done 65 episodes or something like that. And, and this is really a celebration of rock and, yeah. and other types of music, too. But it's, it's great to sit down and, and celebrate the artists that you really love. It, it really is. I mean, every day, you know, we, we just finished a little, a little mini documentary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's floating around on, on, the, on the web at leagueofrock.com if you want to see it but the point is is that even in the documentary it was being shot right around when Tom Petty passed away yeah may he rest in peace mm-hmm. and the, the 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 final show of that session i know i know that we did it i think one or two others folks might have also we we celebrated Tom's life and we had to do a Tom Petty tune right awesome. yeah. at the showcase yeah. it's getting to the point now where we're losing enough people I know. in this business yep. that you need to keep it alive and celebrate what real roots rock and roll is. Yeah. It's where it comes from. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's agree. a history. Yeah. That topic yeah. has come up a number of times on this show and, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't look forward to losing more of, of, of my heroes. You know, Tara Sloan was on last week. We talked about David Bowie, and, and, and yeah. it, it, we actually had a pretty emotional chat. It was sad. Yeah. She brought in Black Star, the song from his last record. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, we, we had a, a decent discussion about it. But, you know, I don't, I don't look forward to hearing about, Man. you know, the McCartneys and the Jaggers. You could just keep on naming them, right? Yeah. Keith Richards. Yeah. Well, you know what? He'll outlive everyone. We should be concerned about the world we leave behind for Keith, I think. <laughs> it's funny. I used to work with, I have worked several times with uh, with Earl Slick, mm-hmm. which is David Bowie's longtime guitar player. Yeah. And when that was going down, it was just outright devastating for that whole Bowie camp. It was just outright devastating. Yeah. Um, however, uh, you've got some great tunes here. Uh, all of these folks are still very much alive, I believe. Oh, oh actually, except Little Feet. We just mm-hmm. talked about this. Yeah. Okay, let's kick it off with your first tune. And uh, it's Little Feet. The tune is Spanish Moon. Great funk tune. Yeah. Have you ever been to New Orleans? I have not. I want to go. If you ever go to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and if you can make it for the Jazz Fest, yeah. go to a place called Tipitinas. Tipitinas, okay. All right. It's yeah. It's... A crown jewel okay. of New Orleans. And if you know, I'm sure you know who the Neville Brothers are. Yeah, 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 of course. So they have a band called the Meters. Okay. That's the other Neville Brothers band. Oh, nice. Okay. And that band is the crown jewel oh, I bet. of New Orleans. I bet. Right? If you listen to Spanish Moon, yeah. for me, anyways, it evokes everything that is the bayou and New Orleans and Tipitinas. For me, it's... Okay. 
Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like I said, it's a great funk tune. I actually yeah. listened to it yesterday. I was getting your list together. I listened yeah. to it again. I love it. And I was saying earlier that that Little Feet, not a super popular band. I think it's kind of on people's radar, but they do so much. I mean, they're they're a funk band, rock. They do blues. They do jazz fusion. They do yeah. You know, I, I call it West Coast jazz rock blues. Yeah, <laughs> there right? you go. Yeah, you know they're they are uh, they wrote the book on that. Lowell George wrote the book on Slide. Yeah, for you know, well, well, West Coast Slide, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone in that band, I mean, contributes massively. It's got a vibe. They are, uh, in, in where I come from, they are the players' players. Yeah. Everyone who is a player bows down, reveres Lowell George, you yeah. know, and Little Feet. So they weren't, you know, well, Dixie Chicken did get uh, commercial success. Yeah. Um, and there's been others. But by no means are they, you know, a commercial, you know, locomotive. They're not yeah. a powerhouse like The Who. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Lil' George, you know, passed yes. way, way too early. Way too early. 34, 36, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, I do believe it was, uh, uh, don't hold me to it, but I think, uh, you could look it up. I think it was a, an overdose. I believe it was an overdose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was after he had left the band, right? I think he put a solo album out. I don't know how that went down. Yeah, he died in his hotel room. I think his solo record came out and he was touring, and he was in his hotel room. And I, I thought he had a heart attack. It could have been an overdose, though. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, he was so young. Yeah, he was just. I mean, it was it was just really getting. He was revered at that time. Yeah. It could when you think about what you know, like a what a Jimi Hendrix would be doing today. Yeah. It kills me. Yeah. What Lowell George would be doing today. Yeah. It's just unthinkable. Yeah. So, well, you think about all those people and and how their you know their, their careers would have you know gone after they passed away. Jim Morrison, Hendrix, yeah. Randy Rhodes, you know. Yeah. All kinds of people. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. Right. Yeah. Powerhouses. Yeah. Part of the Twenty Seven Club. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's odd. That's I, that's always struck me as odd that twenty seven was a common age for all those all those yeah. people to pass away. It is uh, spooky. It is a little bit spooky. at best. Yeah. And who was the who was the oh it was um, rehab. What's her name? She just passed away. She's twenty seven as well. Beautiful wavy black hair. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Duh. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Back to your list. Bob Dylan is next with All Along the Watchtower. Yeah. Great pick. What can I tell you? I mean, you know, if if you if you know or listen to Bob Dylan, because you have to have an acquired taste. Some folks don't like him, mm-hmm. but there's another one that I could have put on this list, or at least an album, yeah, that I could have put on this list called Infidels. Okay, I don't know if you've heard of that that record. No. It's, it's a it's a record often uh, not known by even Dylan fans. Okay, it's electric. Uh, Sly and Robbie are bass and drums. They were the the famous rhythm section out of Jamaica. Yeah. I think Mark Knopfler plays on that record. Nice. It's an album that it's an album and or there are songs on that record that I would have put on a list. But for me, you know, all along the watchtower, it's just so Bob Dylan. Yeah. It speaks to me, you know, that way. So and I like I'm a purist. Like I just yeah. am. Yeah. I like framing it up just nice. Yeah. And, you know, there's Mark Knopfler tunes that just he frames it up so nice. Telegraph Road, right? Yes. Which is on the list, we'll get to that. But I thought that that all along the watchtower, you know, done by everybody, yeah, in so many amazing ways. It's one of those songs yeah. that's that are wide open. Everyone can play it. Everyone can interpret it. Yeah, it just kills me. Right? Yeah, yeah, it slays me. 
I uh, was thinking about that in Hendrix's tune uh, or his rendition of All Along the Watchtower. Completely yeah. different in terms of tempo and everything else. Everything. But Completely reinterpreted that song. Yeah. You know, there's a version out there, a live version with Lenny Kravitz and Eric Clapton oh, really? on guitar. And uh, it just kills. Yeah. And like you have to say to yourself, you know, that song can be played by anybody. Absolutely. And knock you over, yes. right? Yeah. And that's what makes it a great song. Yeah. 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 I mean, Dylan's got a bunch. I mean, you know, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. It, it's a, Well, obviously, it's an endless list, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that one just sort of, you know, was iconic enough that uh, it made it to the list. Well, I'm glad you picked that version. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get what you mean about purity. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's uh it's just fun to play, and it's yeah, it's fun to listen to, and relatively easy. Right. It was yeah. like simple three chord song, A G F or whatever. Yeah, yeah, great tune. Uh, Springsteen is next, and I love what you did here. Mm. You picked "Lost in the Flood" from his debut record. Well, I I, I left home for Bruce Springsteen. Oh. I ran away from home. Tell me about okay this. for Bruce Springsteen. Okay, like literally, this, this is my my about. first girlfriend, uh, my high school sweetheart. Uh, was from Jersey. No and, way. And I have a thing uh, for Jersey girls. <laughs> and <laughs> They've got such you? a great spirit, right? Were you in Toronto? I was in Toronto. She, Her family uh, was from Toronto. Her father uh, was a, a president of a, a massive corporation. Okay. And they traveled a bit. Uh, they spent some time in Lausanne, okay. Switzerland, going to school. And while well, her father was there working. But for several years, she was here. And uh, her hometown is is, is, is Jersey. And uh, for whatever reasons, uh, our families didn't want this to happen. Okay. She decided at one point, after being together for three years with me, yep. that she was going to F it and go back to Bergen County College. And um, now how old were you at this time? I was about 18, 17 or 18. Okay. There were no such thing as cell phones. There wasn't a thing called the interweb, yeah. and I would literally grab a, a pocket full of coins and, and go, to cell, go to the cell, go to the the payphone, <laughs> and we would cry for an hour into the payphone until the money ran out. Wow! When she moved down there, that sounds like a Springsteen right. song in itself, doesn't so, it? So, um, so I decided that I was going to grab my guitar, yeah, f it also, yeah, and go with her, yeah. So um, I did. My parents thought I was going for like a couple of days okay. with another friend who, you know, ran cover for me. Yeah. And I went down to uh, her garden apartment in the middle of Bergen County. Yeah. And uh, I had every intention of staying there. We would hit the, the boardwalk in the summer. Uh, she had a little, little summer house in Lavalette. Okay. And uh, in the 4th of July, Sandy, right. he speaks about Madame Marie. Yes. I had my fortune told by her daughter. And it was extremely important to me. Like, I really, it was real. So you're close to this record, though. I was, I, I, you know, they, on on the Jersey Shore, you know, they have carnival um, concessions, rides on the boardwalk. It's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Just like the exhibition here, you can shoot things and win prizes and everything. Everything was always a Springsteen mirror, a Springsteen scarf, a Springsteen hat, a T-shirt, whatever. Yeah. I still have T-shirts. Yeah. But I was like, you know, spending ridiculous money, 
you know, shooting pellet guns yeah. for Springsteen mirrors. You know, I, I, I was given uh, I was given a, um, a deleted version, of, a, a bootleg version of of uh, one of his records. I covet that record. Yeah. You know. Have but, you still got it? You know, uh, yeah, I, I still have it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's got a song on it called Kid Called Zero. Hmm. And um, I, I, I could... I could just talk about Springsteen forever. <laughs> you know, Backstreet's has a, has a character named Terry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just spend my summers, you know, in my car, just driving and listening to those songs. Wow. And it was, it was you know, in the 70s, it was a very free time. It was a very yeah. beautiful and innocent time. Yeah. And I will never, ever, ever forget those minutes. That's and every one of those songs mm-hmm. has a carved memory into my head right wow yeah that's magical so really she was uh i mean she she we're still very much in touch oh good she literally called me last week oh. i swear to god really and said mosh i went to see bruce on broadway wow right brings a tear to my eye that's awesome but that's yeah. a fantastic story yeah so what happened so you were there for what sounds like a pretty decent period and then did you come back to Toronto? Lasted a couple of weeks. Oh, oh, it was only a couple of weeks? Only a couple of weeks. Okay. And, uh, and I, I got up. Uh, I hope she never hears this. We <laughs> <laughs> won't tell her. Um, but what happened was I woke up one morning, mm-hmm. and we had had a long night of, of fun. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of partying that summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I looked around, cigarette butts in the ashtray beside the bed, yep. you know, vodka bottle over on the coffee table. Yeah. I was in the middle of nowhere. Okay. In the middle of the armpit of Jersey, yeah, you know, four towns down, four different streets at, a, at an intersection, and I thought to myself, "Where am I? Yeah, what am I doing? I got to go home. Yeah, I got to go home." And I got up and I went home. Wow, just like that. And that was it. And that was it. She married the fellow in the apartment below her. Oh yeah. Did, had you been there when he was? Also he there? used to come up and knock on the door oh. when we were too loud. Oh. <laughs> His name was John Holmes. No, believe it or not, I'm assuming not the John Holmes. No, that is so funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So uh, it was, you know, a period. It was a, a moment in my life. Absolutely. When, you know, you you are so young and so pure and innocent and you just pursue these ideas and that's all I do any I mean I'm a dreamer anyways yeah it's just how I live yeah so that's a direct reflection of of my of you know I brought my guitar with me that is so fantastic I love that yeah that's a Springsteen tune really isn't it it could be could be looking for you in America what can I tell you I love it that's great man so next you've got uh, another Springsteen tune uh, also from Asbury Park, and it's—I uh, think it's the last tune on the on the on the record. It's hard to be a saint in this city. Yeah, well, his storytelling is so vivid. Yeah, it, that it's it, it bleeds off the record. Yeah, right. And those two songs are so poignant, you know, and and so gritty. And when and when you listen to his 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 songs off of the first second record, yeah, he has. Just it's with abandon. Yes, it's he wants it so bad, he can taste it, and you can hear that on the record. It bleeds right off it. Agree. You go forward, you know, to any other record, name it, even Born to Run. Yeah, which is a phenomenal record. 
Darkness on the Edge of Town. Phenomenal record. Yeah. Something shinier about those records than Greetings. Yes. Something very, very raw and very pleading with life. Yeah. That I want this so bad that the songs are just, they kill me. Yeah. They kill me. I, do you think that's because it's his debut record? I think so. I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if, if you read his book, his book is is written in prose. Yeah. Like it's written with rhythm and, you know, with, with uh, it's very um, melodious. It's, yeah. it's, it's got rhythm, right? Yeah. Um, it's not poetry, but it's, and then if you go and see him on Broadway now, yeah. this show really is a scripted show of prose from his book. Oh. It's amazing to watch him do it. He's He pulls it off really well. Have you seen this show? I have seen this. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I, I tell it is because he opens up the show with, quote, okay, I am a magician. I have a magic trick. Mm-hmm. My magic trick is that I can write really, really good songs. Okay. I have never been in a factory. Yeah. I have no idea what it's like to be a blue collar guy. And I don't know who those characters are in any of the songs. They never existed. Right. Unquote. Okay. I started to cry in that theater because I thought Terry was a real guy. I thought I thought all of his characters were people. You th- and, and you know what? You'd think that. Right. Because it, it typically, and I think Bowie said this, you know, most songwriters are lying if they say that they're not pontificating. You know? So I always thought when you think about these very dramatic kind of epic songs that Springsteen has written lyrically they have to be founded on something that was real it was found what would he, the way he tells it he was in his broken down little house right with nothing left yeah and all he could do he couldn't drive his car didn't have one yeah didn't have a bike didn't go riding didn't go out to greasy lake and and party with the dudes yeah there were no angels yeah he wrote songs. Wow. So he is a songwriter. He's a really, really good songwriter. Mm-hmm. Right? And Indeed. he really needed it. Yeah. He was. He could do nothing else. Yeah. He had nothing else. He could do nothing else. When this record came out, it didn't do great. Didn't. They were going to shut him out. It was Columbia, right? Uh, yeah. And I believe Landau. Okay. Uh, what's his first name? Um I forget his, I forget uh, Landau's first name, but I believe it was Landau who mortgaged his house. Oh wow! One guy put a mortgage on his house. Yeah, and uh, and backed Bruce. Wow! And pitched and pitched and pitched and pitched. Yeah. Until it happened. Yeah. And someone believed. Yeah. And that's how it went down. This is a crazy record. I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. a big fan of Growing Up. I love that tune. I think it was is... on the list. Yeah. Oh, really? It was, I, I literally, if you could watch my fingers, Growing Up came first. Yeah. And then those two. Oh, yeah. And I deleted it. I deleted Growing Up just it... because those two. Yeah. I could have put all Bruce Springsteen songs. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen, right? So I deleted Growing Up. That's funny. What's the second you know? tune on the on the album? I think. Yeah. Uh, is it? I think so. Yeah, it's it's that is such a good it's song. It's so great. He opens. I don't think he he opens up Broadway with that song. He no. opens up Broadway on, on, on a guitar by himself. Oh my god! Yeah. For me, that he opens would be up that, the, uh, the worth the price of admission. It's right there. it's just it's crazy good. He he really means it. Like you know, there's there's something very honest about that guy. Yeah. 
very honest about him. And that's his allure. I mean, this record, there's so much urgency yeah. and grit, right? And, so and much urgency. You can tell that he means it. You can tell that he means it. Yeah. It's, it's something that you cannot invent. You can't buy no. it. You can't fake yeah. that. You can't either. fake that. You know? That's, for me, that's everything that I am. That's everything I believe in. It's just so goddamn real yeah. that you just want to believe. Yeah. You know? It, it, it gets me. Yeah. Makes my skin vibrate. Vibrate. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, next, you've got the Allman Brothers. Great tune from yeah. their debut. I think it was 69, Whipping Post. Yeah, I've heard a lot of folks do the song. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot behind this except for that I love the band. I had a chance to see them at the Beacon Theater. Oh, nice. A long time ago in the 80s. Okay. I saw them at, uh, they, they, do, they used to do a 10-night run yeah. at the Beacon Theater in New York. And uh, I was there visiting some friends that I met in Club Med. Yeah. They weren't music guys. And they said, what do you want to do tonight? And I said, hang on a second. And I opened up a piece of paper, like yeah. a, a, a local rag. Yeah. I went, pow. This. The Allen Brothers <laughs> were at the Beacon Theater. We're going right now. And what were they? Were they we like, bought uh, tickets. Okay. And we were like, you know, we were standing like 50 feet from the, from the band. Oh, nice. And it was just crazy. Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, these guys are the invent. They, they wrote the book. Mm. And in the League of Rock, you know, several, you know, several guys, several bands have done their version of, 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 of Whip and Post. Yeah. To me, again, it's it's the epitome of the Allman Brothers. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just, it, it, it's, it, it's got it all, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Their jams are, are, are endless. Yeah. They are incredible. They're hypnotic. Yeah. You know, they, uh, they, they came up through the South, through Florida. They're Florida boys. Yeah. And that whole, you know, contingency of, of musicians, I, I, I love you yeah. know, like Tom Petty and those guys, and yeah, I just love all those guys. There isn't a Tom Petty song on that list, is there? Nope. Oh, it can't damn. be. It can't be next time. You yeah. know, Greg Allman. I saw this clip recently of him. I, I don't know what it was. It was it was weird because it was almost like he was doing a promotion for something. Mm. So he was playing, but there was you know the, you could see the lights and the shot and everything, and, and there was a mic in front of him. Yeah. But he just had this aura, you know. He was just yeah. a—he was like a like a musical shaman, you know. He's just like this wizard. He is, you know. There is something about those that have come up through the fifties, sixties, and seventies, mm-hmm. and they—it wasn't about money. Yeah, it was about playing music. They have paid and paid and paid and paid their dues. Yes, you know, you cannot invent this. You yep. cannot invent this. And and he is, all of them are, all of those guys, that whole contingency of guys, Dickie Betts and, you know, Dwayne, who, may he rest in peace, another one. Yeah. Um, these were guys that literally lived it every single day. Yeah. You know, Bruce at the Stone Pony or any other club on the, on the, on the shore, every day playing to nobody. Yeah. Right? Those wrinkles on their skin. Yeah. It's from honing their craft. Yeah, it's from yeah. honing their craft and from believing, like literally doing it because it's what they believe. Yeah. It's religion. Yeah. And you can't invent that. You can't take it away from them. You know, all those, all the, all the lawsuits you've heard where some folks uh, aren't even able to, like, like um, what's his name from uh, CCR? Fogarty. John Fogarty. If I'm not mistaken, if you look back in history, there was a time when 
Creedence Clearwater Revival. You're right. Stopped him. Yeah. From playing because his voice was the trademark of CCR. I That's believe. Right. That's yeah. the story, right? Yeah. It was an interesting thing that they did. I can't remember exactly how it went, but they prevented him from playing. Yeah. Based on what you just said, yeah. he was the he was the I don't know very very bizarre and you very sad though. It's it's it, you can't take it away. Yeah, you may be able to delay it. Yeah, but you can't take it away from 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 someone, right? And and these guys, Bruce Springsteen is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, <laughs> you know he was always going to be Bruce Springsteen. Yes, and Dylan was always going to be Dylan. Yeah, you know the Allman Brothers are the Allman Brothers, right? Yeah. Lowell George is Lowell George. Like that to me is what makes my skin vibrate. Yeah, that that honesty. I yeah. really get off on that. And how do you feel about you know these guys existing in this in this era? You think about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the real classic stuff. That, yeah, th- those are those are phenomena that will never happen again. No, in my, in my opinion, no. Um, yeah, for a multitude of reasons. But you know, I try so hard, Terry, not to be that man saying "get off my lawn," shaking my fist. You know, the old guy. Music right. is not the same, but it's really hard. Sometimes. It's really hard. I, I'm I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Um, I, I say this often when, when I when I'm talking about this League of Rock thing. Mm-hmm. Um, people will will often ask me how that came about. Yeah, and I've had a long time to think about it. And rock and roll will only be invented one time. Mm-hmm. It was invented one time in 1950 something, arguably earlier or, or later by a couple of years. Yeah, and when rock and roll was invented, rock and roll audiences were invented. Okay, so it's it's fair to say I believe that we collectively invented rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I believe, being 55, that I'm sufficiently inside of that realm. Yeah. Okay? In 1971, 1972, 73, I was 11, 12, 13 years old. I'm in that game, right? I I was in that that population. Those people, be they the musicians or the audiences, grew up. Yeah. Come forward now to 1999, 2000, and whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And rock and roll kind of begins to wane a little bit. The record labels are kind of messing up. The interweb is invented. Napster. Et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. yeah. And so now you have people who are in the sunset of their careers. Mm-hmm. They're looking for more work to do. Yeah. They want to stay vital. Yeah. Musicians. The audiences are now grown up. Mm-hmm. They're now lawyers, moms, dads, dentists, doctors, professionals, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. They've got money, perhaps even maybe a bit of success. Yeah. And they want to do what? Preserve their memories, the history, rock and roll, what they helped invent. Yeah. So the League of Rock could only have have been invented at one very, very specific time. Mm -hmm. They were too busy. I could not have done the League of Rock in 1960. Mm -hmm. No. The rock stars were being rock stars. It was still voodoo magic. Yeah. 1970, still voodoo magic. 1980, eh, right? But now is the sweet spot yes. when rock and roll starts to kind of get put into a a, 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 a freezer yeah. of, oh my God, we have to preserve this. Yes. And all those jammers who were in their basement trying to be Bob Dylan yeah. still have their guitars. The League of Rock could only have been invented once. Yeah. 
at one time when I did it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It could only have happened at that time. Interesting to think about it that way because I hadn't really paid attention to that chronologically, really. But you're right. And, and now we're working so hard to celebrate rock and roll and preserve it and mm-hmm. be part of it and keep it alive, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's something that I think about a lot. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a really hard question then. Is rock and roll dead, in your opinion? I don't think rock and roll will ever die. Commerce machines will change. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But there will always be rock and roll. Yes. There's jazz still. Yeah. It just won't be the same. Yeah. It won't be. We are, we are we are definitely losing a piece of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Yeah. But there will always be rock and roll. Yeah. You know, it was invented once and it'll just be there in the annals of history, you know, yeah. one way or another for a long time to come. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you think about bands like Nirvana. I think Nirvana was kind of the last game changer, mm. really, to shift the paradigm. Because after that, well, even The Strokes was kind of the next big thing, I would say, in the early 2000s. But that was almost, I don't want to say replication, but it was a continuance of something that had already been done. Well, that's a good question. Can rock and roll have a new renaissance? No, I don't think so. Right, like a new genre. I don't know. It would be really interesting to see that happen. The reason why I don't think so is because... Nirvana was, what, 91, 92? Mm. That was the last time there was a new renaissance. If there were one, you know, if one were to happen, I would think that it would have happened between then and now. Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. You see, you know, every five years you see, you know, a new kind of hot band come out. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown is one that I talk about. Mm. You know, it's like when you turn over these rocks, these... You know, you got you got to really look for them, but these really hot rock bands are out there, right? But they're continuing on for you know the Stones and, yeah. and Leonard Skinner and yeah. all those bands. It's nothing new. There isn't a Renaissance moment per se, in right. my opinion. The Sheepdogs. Mm. I'm not calling them Renaissance. I'm saying they're another one. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It would be really, really hard to you know reinvent rock and roll. I don't think it's going to happen. No. You know, given the trajectory of music and what's happened yeah. over the last... And, and and given given the amount of time that it's had. Yeah. Is it, uh, what, uh, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90? You're already talking 40 years yeah. of of music. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. I, I hate to say it. It's but a lot of music. It is. And I think mostly everything has been done. If not all, yeah, what's, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not happy to say that, but I think that that's yeah. that's that's true. Let me ask you another question: Who do you think the last great rock and roll band was? The last that's a good really, question. The last really great one. The last the last one. really great. And you're talking chronological, like like in other words, the last one that came out. Yeah, the last. So, so the Rolling Stones couldn't be that because they were too early. Yes. The U two could be maybe. Because they were later. Yes. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. That's a really, really hard question. I would need to ponder and and leave too much silence in the (laughs) microphone. I have one in mind. um, To answer that question. Mm -hmm. But the last new rock and roll band that was the greatest rock and roll band. A substantially great, gritty, real rock and roll band. The last one. I might. uh, did, Did Lenny Kravitz come after U2? 
Mm, no, I think they were about the same time. Kravitz, his first record came out, I want to say. I call him a rock star, by the way. Yep. He's a real, genuine rock star dude. I agree. But as far as like massive, epic, yeah. iconic rock and roll, yeah. arena rock, mm-hmm. it would have to be U2. Okay. Who I, came after U2 that was bigger? Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I apologize. Oh, no. no I, I stand corrected. I was just thinking. I think Guns that, you know, when you think about it, they were the last real rock yes. and roll band. Sold. Do you agree? I do. Yeah. I do. Unless you can, we can figure out a bigger one after them. I, I don't think there is one. I don't think there is one. No. I mean, the Black Crows didn't really achieve their level of... No. And the Black Crows are awesome. Yes. They're fantastic. Did they come after uh, uh, Guns N' Roses? Yeah. They did, eh? Yeah. I want to say 90, 91. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. just weren't big enough. No. Right? No. But they were as reckless. Oh, for sure. And gritty. And gritty. Definitely. And, you know, talking about real... Hang on a second. Sure. I may... I may not, I'm not sure if I'll take it back. Okay. Because Guns N' Roses was really bad. As in <laughs> bad guys, right? Yes. Definitely. You know? Um, but the Black Crows may have been equally as musically awesome i'd say they're hugely underrated as a band yeah they could have been the next stones yeah yeah i don't know why they weren't i think the music landscape was changing in terms of business too much and i think that the the, the business failed them just wasn't there yeah so yeah you know guns and roses sure i think so yeah yeah good question yeah uh, back to your list. So next you've got Dire Straits and Telegraph Road. Great yeah. pick, yeah. Well, you know, Mark Knopfler, enough said, yes. right? Um, just one of the, you know, finest chicken-picking mm. guitar players out there. Yes. Uh, massive respect for that guy. Mm-hmm. Love his music. And um, I believe the album is called Telegraph Road. Uh, no, this no is love over gold. Over gold. Love yeah. over gold. Yeah, and love over gold is a great is a great song. Yeah, but there's just something again. Uh, I believe. Okay, he speaks of Telegraph Road. Yeah, which, as I understand it, is where the first uh, communications took place. Yes, Telegraph Road is where the wires were were placed. Yeah, for literally the telephones. Yeah, and someone his his. His character in the song packs a bag and hits that berm yes, of land exactly. and sits down and makes and drives makes and makes a home, right? Drives, yeah. For me, that just speaks again of that of that authenticity. I love I'm a big fan of just Americana. Yes. And you know, those those stories, right? He really is a great storyteller. So Telegraph Road you know, it just knocks me out. The the, the playing on the on, on on the song, yeah. The vibe of it, great vibe at the beginning. Oh that my just, god, moody piano. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you listen to the album, there's also um, a song about uh, about private investigations. Okay, it's called Private Investigations, I think. Yeah. And if you close your eyes, it is absolutely movie music. So you know, just the whole tone of the album yeah is special yeah and and that song i believe is pretty much the the signature track from that super atmosphere yeah. yeah great pick yeah 
And your last tune, Terry, is uh, by a band. Uh, well, it's by the band that you started with, Little Feet. Yeah. And, uh, this tune is Time Loves a Hero. Yeah. So I'm addicted. I'm addicted to traveling and discovery and freedom. Yeah. If you asked me in another lifetime, what would I be? Yeah. It would probably be, my business card would say Vagabond. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Little Feet, you know, the band, and Lowell George, the man, and Time Loves a Hero, the song, Mm -hmm. for me just embodies all of that super freedom, that big open sky exploration of being wherever you want to be, whenever you want to be there, and, you know, and just time is, is your own. It's just it's just a thing that I've got, right? Yeah. Backpack and that's it. Gypsy. Gypsy. Still. I love that. You know? It's it's a quiet little, you know, thing of mine, right? Well, but, you know, good for you for pursuing your muse, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people don't. You know, it's it's a it's a hard road. Mm-hmm. It's not like you get rich. Yeah. You know, there's getting rich and then there's being or living a rich life. And there's more ways than one to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always been a student of the idea. Yeah. You know, I pursue uh, ideas fervently. Yeah. Aggressively. I'm, I'm batting a thousand. Yeah. Each one of my insane ideas has come to fruition. Yeah. Going back as, as far back as scented balloons. Scented balloons. Really? When I was a kid. Okay. And sold tens of thousands of balloons. That's great. That smelled like their color. That's or a great for idea. that matter, you know, Oscar de la Renta perfumes. Yeah. We launched, you know, perfumes for Oscar de la Renta with scented balloons. I didn't know that. Wow. And, uh, you know, the game Tongue Twister in 1988. Yes. Which was game of the year for Play Toy Industries. No. When way. my mom said to me, Terry, you sold your business. Yeah. Are you going to go buy one of those newfangled condos? <laughs> and I said, Mom, you're crazy. I'm not buying a condo. I'm not investing in real estate. I'm going to invent a game. And what did she say? Her, what? She just went ballistic. <laughs> she was very sad. <laughs> but I sold that game. It worked out. And I made some money. Yeah. And it furthered my addiction to inventing and pursuing crazy ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fantastic. That's what I do. Fantastic. You're a very interesting guy. Great list. And, you know, I could talk to you for hours about music and, and, and you know, thank you. these songs. Yeah. I, I've had a great time. Appreciate being here. Thank so you thank so you, much for thank asking. Thank you very much for coming yeah. here. Anytime, great. man. You have to come back with another I would list. Be, I'd be more than thrilled. And we'll do it again. Yeah, name the day. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Terry. Peace. All right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Mr. Terry Emotionberg. Till next time. Take good care, folks. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.